This is the Casting Lots podcast, and you're listening to Unschooling Scholars. a good show tonight. Um, we're going to be talking about just the different reasons why we need to be pulling our children out of these public schools, indoctrination camps, as I like to call them. Um, so before we get started, I'd just like to open us in a quick prayer. So if you would just please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for tonight, Lord, for allowing us to gather in your name, Lord. I ask that you just use me as your messenger to get across whatever message uh, you need me to send tonight, Lord. Just, just say it through me. Let me uh, just get the message out there, Lord, for whoever needs to hear it. Just guide me and, and direct me, Lord. Um, and we ask that you just keep all of us here safe, Lord, and open our eyes and our ears to see and to hear the message that you need to be heard tonight, Lord. Um, in your son's holy name, Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. All right. So with me, I've got Matt. Hello. Um, and we're just going to kind of just go over different things that are happening Um so across, you know, the country in these different school systems, you know, CRT and just the, the sex ed that they want to teach. So there may be some things that we talk about. If your children are listening, you may not want them to hear. I know I don't want my kids hearing this. this is why they pulled them out of school. Um, and the UN Convention of the Rights of the Child and then just the VAX consents. Um, so those are just some of the topics we're going to kind of hit on tonight. Um, and before I get started, I just want to say, so I usually had my show on Tuesday. I was doing the tacos and testimonies and I've decided after praying on it, um, and hearing Scott's show and his advice, I decided that I'm just going to bring it down to two shows a week. So I am not going to do the tacos and testimonies. Um, Mary and Ron are doing a really awesome job with their show on Friday nights. Um, the Godcast. So I'm going to let them do the testimonies and I don't want to take away from that. So um, I've just gone ahead and decided to cancel that Tuesday night show. Um, and I'm going to move this show, the Unschooling Scholars, to Wednesday nights, same time, 6 p.m. Central time, um, just a different day. And then I'm going to keep our Saturday night show uh, at 10 p.m. Casting Lots, uh, 10 p.m. Central time, just to give everybody that update. So, um, Anyways, before we get started, Matt, how's it going? I'm full. <laughs> yeah, we went to a local diner um, and we just got it to go because I was like, oh, I've got to do the show tonight. I'm not going to have time to cook. We were out running around. Um, so I just went and got food and now I'm full and he's full. Um, 
But anyways, so one of the things I really want to start talking about is CRT, you know, the critical race theory. And in Illinois, I know they're really trying to push that. Um, and I found this really good article. Uh, it says, while red states debate CRT, Illinois looks at curriculum transparency. And it says a trio of Republican-backed bills have popped up in the Illinois legislature that appear to increase parents' access to what's being taught in classrooms. One bill would require that all Illinois schools post textbooks and learning materials online for parental review. Another would require libraries to provide full list of books if asked. And a third would give parents and students the power to formally oppose a unit of study they find objectionable. So I don't know if you know any of you remember, but during COVID, when all these kids were at home learning, they had teachers telling parents to step out of the room and not to listen to what their kids were being taught. Now, that's a problem. That's a big red flag for me. And, you know, they're proposing these bills that would require the Illinois, you know, schools to post the textbooks and learning materials. But how do we know that what they're they're showing us is true? And we don't know what's in those books. You know, we don't unless we read the book. And if you've got four children, how many of you are going to have time to sit down and, and find those books online or wherever and read what is being taught to these children. And it says, taking a closer look at the bills, um, which mirror similar effects targeting curriculum in other states, show that they could prohibit educators from using content that covers an array of topics, including race, gender, sexuality, and religion. Well, isn't that the point? Like, don't we want to know what our children are learning so that we can oppose the things that we don't agree with? You know, um, and that kind of leads us into the next thing. There's a, um, a middle school youth risk behavior uh, survey that they're going to be handing out in 2023. It's a standard middle school uh, youth risk behavior survey. And it asks children questions and it talks about like, you know, um, when you rollerblade or ride a skateboard, you know, um, how often do you wear a helmet? Um and then do you ride a bicycle? And if so, do you wear a helmet? Um, this one talks about electronic vapor products such as Juul, Views, Enjoy, Puff, whatever. Have you ever used an electronic vapor product? Now think about this, okay? We've got middle schoolers, right? Our son is seventh grade, so he's a middle schooler. And our daughter, she's 10, so she's almost middle school. They're asking children these questions. Do you use vapes, electronic, you know, products? Okay, now I go back to like when you and I, we were, you know, Matt and I are the same age. So when we were in grade school, they were teaching us, remember McGruff? Yeah. You know, um, they were talking, dare. yeah, DARE, the DARE program. And, you know, they they basically gave us a course on how to use drugs. Like they, it was an educational program. Instead of telling us not to do it, it was basically telling us how to do it. And now, you know, they're asking these children these same questions. Like, have you ever used an electronic vape product? What if they've never even heard of that? Like my kids don't even know what that is. Why would you ask them? So now you're kind of putting these ideas into their heads, right? But this is where it gets really messed up. So there's four questions and it's talking about sexual intercourse. And again, this is what I'm saying. If you have children present, you may want to ask them just to leave the room um, because I don't want to ask my children these questions. I don't think they need to be learning about this. Again, these are middle school children. And this is on a questionnaire that's supposed to be shared throughout the country. Okay. Number 33. Have you ever had sexual intercourse? Now, mind you, these are like 10 to 12 year old kids. Yes or no. The next question. How old were you when you had sexual intercourse for the first time? A, I never had sexual intercourse. 
be eight years old or younger, nine years old, 10 years old, 11, 12, 13 or older. Okay, first off, I don't even think my my 10-year-old knows what sexual intercourse is because I've never taught her what that is, okay? And secondly, let's just say that these kids did learn that, you know, they're sixth or seventh grade and they know what that is. Eight years old, you're going to ask a child if they've had sex at eight years old? Is th- What? Like, where is the logic? I mean, like, what? what is this? And then the next question, with how many people have you ever had sexual intercourse? A, I've never had sexual intercourse. B, one person, and it goes all the way to G, which is six or more people. Okay? And then the last question about the sexual intercourse is, when is the last time you had sexual intercourse? Did you or your partner use a condom? A, I never had sexual intercourse. B, yes, or C, no. Okay, again, these are young children. These children should be worrying about, you know, writing papers or, or playing sports or playing with their friends, not worrying about sexual intercourse. Now you're putting these ideas into these children's heads where, oh, wait, eight-year-olds have had sex before? Maybe I could do that too. <coughs> because, you know, I'm old enough, apparently, according to the survey, like that's just a common thing. I never... Never should an eight-year-old even know what that is, let alone ask them if they've ever had sex. We're talking eight years old here, you know, and it's just we're getting to that point now where it's like these schools are encouraging these children to do things like we were saying about deer. You know, they they showed you how to inject things and, and, you know, how to smoke things. They were literally giving you a crash course on how to do drugs. And now I feel like they're doing the same thing with sex. Sex is like, you know, this is it. This is the final hurrah here. And they're trying to legalize pedophilia. We all know that. We've seen it. You know, the things that they put in these movies and and the TV shows that these kids are watching. And honestly, I mean, we don't watch TV in our house. Nah. No. I mean, once in a while we'll watch movies. And, you know, there's a show um, that I watched and it was more like adult based. And, you know, I, I would watch it when the kids went to bed. I don't want my kids to be around that. That It's just we need to to stop this. We cannot keep allowing this to happen. And these this is a middle school behavior survey that they're that they're putting out there and just giving these these kids these ideas. And, you know, I, I can't believe it when I read that. I said, this can't be this cannot be real. But it is. And so that kind of goes back to the critical race theory. You know, um, there's a lot of states that says recently anti-critical race theory bills prevent schools from teaching about racism and LGBTQ issues in the classrooms surfaced across the country in Republican led states. There have been efforts in 36 states to restrict education on racism and contributions of specific racial or ethnic groups to U.S. history. Legislation has been successful in states like Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, Texas, and many other throughout the country. And, you know, the Republicans, they're trying to fight back against this. And, you know, I've seen a lot of moms who are fighting back against this kind of craziness. And, you know, they're being pulled away in handcuffs because they're sticking up for what they believe is right. And there was um, a mom in Michigan. So I'll kind of give you a little bit of uh what happened here? This was posted on Libs of TikTok. Um, so it says this past November, Rochester Community Schools Hart Middle School band teacher took sixth grade students on a field trip to the Detroit Symphony Orchestra. The students were also taken to Nikki's Pizza, which was attached to Nikki's Lounge. The students were moved from Nikki's Pizza due to a lack of available space to the lounge where they tried out some pole dancing. 
Again, these are middle school children. They were on a field trip to an orchestra and taken to a restaurant. And of all the restaurants you would choose, I'm sure Detroit is pretty big. You could have found a different restaurant, but you chose a restaurant where they had a strip club attached to it, right? Now it says Nikki's is located in an area that the Detroit Police Department monitors as part of its Project Green Light Detroit. This program is a partnership between local businesses and DPD to install real-time cameras that are connected to police headquarters. So first off, if it's not bad enough that it's a strip club, but now you're going to take them into a neighborhood where the police are, you know, having to, to monitor because um, it's not a good area, right? So this mom that spoke up against it, the school is threatening legal action against the mom who publicized the story because she wanted to stand up for her children and, you know, the rights of these young children. And now the school is attacking her. And so that's the problem. It's like, okay, so you can't pull your kids out of school, but you're going to at least try to fight. Right. But then when you fight, they're threatening legal action against you. And so this mom, her name is Elena Deverno. She alleged in a lawsuit that the Rochester community school district retaliated against her and responded after the individual who spoke with her employer had her contract renewed. Okay, so basically the mom was just saying that um, she was just trying to stand up for what she thought was right. And they were coming after her because she called out what they had done, you know, poor judgment. And she wanted the the teachers to, you know, have their, their jobs revoked because, I mean, that's horrible. Like, why would you bring your, your these children to a strip club? You know, and they're trying so hard, so hard to to just sexualize our children. And they're starting as young as kindergarten. You know, I know um, I read an article recently and it talked about, you know, the different, um, the, the sexual education they're going to be teaching these kids in school starting as young as kindergarten. And they're going to teach kindergartners what it means consent, what consent means, sexual consent. You know, no, I don't want you to touch me or yes, it's okay. A kindergartner doesn't know that, you know, they're just doing what they're being taught. I mean, they don't have the mental capacity to understand what is happening, but you're going to teach a child this. So then later on, when there's lawsuits against this, they're going to say, oh, well, the child said it was okay. You know, I mean, I I'm sorry. I'm not going to listen to what a kindergartner is telling me that that's not okay, like at all, you know? And so these consent laws, you know, and that not only about, you know, the, the sexual things, but now um, in Illinois, as a minor in Illinois, you can consent to vaccinations. The actual law says um, a minor 12 years of age or older who may have come into contact with any STI may give consent to the furnishing of medical care or counseling related to the diagnosis of treatment or vaccination against an STI. This is Illinois Administrative Code TIT-77. Um, and you can look more up on that, but it says in Illinois, minors who are 12 years or older do not need their parents' consent to receive the HPV vaccine or hepatitis vaccines. They must still have parental consent to receive all the other vaccinations for right now. But we know that that's all going to change, especially with these other vaccines that they're trying to, um, to push, you know, and it's just, where do we draw the line? Like, where do we as parents say, okay, this is not right. I know that there were some states that they were saying that you know, these children wanted to to transition into, you know, the other sex and they wanted to have the drugs and the school was helping them and the parents were trying to fight back against it. And they were going after the parents for not allowing their children to do that. Now, I'm sorry, you know, as far as I remember, 18 
are older, you are considered an adult. You can make those kind of choices. But the, these kind of choices here, like, why are we allowing this to happen? I, I'm not understanding, like, these parents are losing their rights. And I know that there are so many people out there who are fighting. They're fighting back against all this and they're trying to, to do what's right. But they're being, um, you know, manipulated by the system. Where, how do we fight this? That's what we have to figure out. And me, I decided to pull my kids out of school because you know what? I can just see Illinois being who they are, you know, arresting parents like myself who, you know, may be a little bit more boisterous than others because I know that this isn't right. And the system is just so corrupt that I feel that even if we did try to fight against this, there's just, we don't have the money, you know, we don't have the money to fight back because everything ends up being lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. And they're just going to drain your pockets dry until you can no longer fight. So until we have the resources and the means to be able to fight back, I think, you know, it's truly very, very important to pull our children out of these public school systems because it's just going to continuously get worse. You know, it's like you give them an inch and they keep taking a mile. And eventually before long, you know, we, pedophilia is going to be legalized. I feel that it's going to reach a point in this country where it's eventually going to be legalized. There's going to be loopholes around, you know, why are they teaching kindergartners about consent? They are setting the stage for their final push. And we all know what that is. We can see it, you know. And so um, <clears throat> I just think that it's really important that until we do have the means to fight that we pull our children from these schools because um, it's just going to continuously get worse. And once we lose our rights as parents, you know, they're going to just try to come in and take our kids away. They're going to say, you know, oh, well, you're not doing what your children want you to do. So you're a bad parent. And that leads me to my next topic. There's a UN convention of the rights of the child. And basically this is the UN, the United Nations. They lay out, um, these different, it's like a constitution for children and it lays out their rights. And this is shared through UNICEF and, you know, all these other countries, a lot of African countries. And it's basically a simplified version of the United Nations Convention of the Rights of the Child. And there's 42 of them. And um, children under the age of 18 all have the rights in this convention. They've, they've made up their own rules for our children, no matter what our constitution says. Basically, these rights go against our constitution. Um, number, article four, the government um, should make these rights available to children. Basically, forget what the parents say. The governments have the right um, to, to make these rules for our children. They are the say-so. They, they get to choose what our children can and cannot do. Um, children, let's see, what was the article five? Um, governments should respect the rights and responsibilities of families to guide their children so that as they grow up, they learn to use their rights properly. Well, that I agree with. You know, parents should definitely teach their kids, you know, responsibility. We should be teaching them their rights, the Constitution. Um, you have the right to give your opinion, and um, adults should take it seriously. There was another one. It says children should not be separated from their parents unless it is for their own good. For example, if a parent's mistreating or neglecting a child. Well, I agree with that, but that's when, when things kind of get sketchy because it, going back to, you know, the kids that want to transition, if they choose that they want to transition and the parents say, no, we're not going to allow you to do that. 
they're basically telling the kids that they have a right to be separated from their family, from their parents, because the parents mistreating or ne neglecting them. You know, like what is their definition of neglect and what is their definition of, you know, mistreating? You know, I might mistreat my child in his eyes because I didn't buy him the new iPad that he wanted, but that doesn't mean that the government has a right to come in and take my child. Um, children whose parents have separated have the right to stay in contact with both parents unless this might harm the child. Well, you know, what if there's a, a parent who wants to vax their kid and the other doesn't want to, you know, the government's all for it. So now you're going to say, well, the child has a right not to see their other parent because their parent is in agreement with that. You know, it's like they get to make the rules and you have to, to do what they say, whether you like it or not. Um, you know, you can go through it. And some of the stuff is just so crazy because they're basically telling these children that they have all of these rights to do what they want to do. And the government should be able to protect whatever they may feel is right. Article 32, government should protect children from work that is dangerous or that might harm their health or education. So, you know, say you have a farm and you want your kids to work on a farm while you're homeschooling them. The government decides that that's, you know, that's too much work for them. So now the government gets to come in and, and take them away because they think that, you know, working hard might harm them or their their education. You know, so it's just it's so crazy to me to um, to see there are Article 38 government should not allow children under 15 to join the army. Children in war zone should receive special protection. 15 over here, you have to be 18. You know, it's it just who the U.N., you know, they they want to come in and they want to control everything. And I believe that a lot of these CRT and, you know, the sex ed and all this is is all formulated from the UN. They have their idea of how they want these children to be raised in all of these different countries. And it's really, it's very scary as a parent of four children to see, you know, that's why I'm not teaching my kids these things. I don't want them to be a part of this system. I don't want them to, not that I don't want them to have rights. They absolutely should. We're going to be learning the constitution here together because we see how crazy things are getting just like today, Matt, how about it? You know, uh, I don't know if any of you heard about governor Pritzker, the bill that he signed into law. Do you want to talk about that a little? About the, the gun law? Yeah. No, I just, he banned uh, all assault rifles. All assault rifles. Right. Pritzker, our governor, he decided today that he was going to ban all semi, was it semi-auto just assault weapons, he so called Assault them? weapons, they had a yeah. variable list, any kind of AR-15, AR-10, anything that goes click, click. Right. And and larger magazines was included with that. And so, you know, I we need to teach our children that, no, the Constitution grants us the 100% right to, to bear arms, you know. And it shall not be infringed. That's the part. Infringe. The definition of infringe means to limit or to take away. And that is exactly what they're doing. And my kids know, you know, what the Constitution is. They don't know it word for word, you know, but that's something that we're going to be learning here together because it's so important that we know our rights. I mean, our, go our governor wants to, you know, first off, they had the Safety Act, which is now like in court. They haven't passed it yet because a lot of counties have said that that's unconstitutional. And what that was, was just the the right um, of the criminal. They wouldn't be arrested. They wouldn't have to pay bail. You know, so they basically commit a crime and walk free. Well, so now think about that. Right. So now you're going to make it where police cannot arrest criminals for these heinous crimes that they're committing. Um, and one of them is kidnapping. 
And so they get to walk free. And now you're going to take away all the the weapons from the law-abiding citizens and they're not going to be able to protect themselves. So the people be like, well, call the police. Well, how can we call the police when the police aren't even able to arrest these people? So literally it's going to be like, I always say Gotham city without Batman, like they're going to run amok here. And what are we going to do? How do we fight back against this? You know, it's like, they're creating this, this dystopia, this crazy, I don't even know what they're trying to do because we don't have enough crime here in Illinois as it is apparently now we're just going to allow them to run free and we don't get to protect ourselves. You know, um, I mean, it's just absolutely mind boggling to me. If people actually sat down and put all the pieces together and saw what is happening, they would understand that this is something is not right. Something is way off. Um, they're setting us up for failure is what they're trying to do. And I believe that's when they're going to try to scoop in with, you know, the, the martial law and, you know, lock everybody down and just have complete dictatorship over us. I mean, this governor that we have, he's a piece of work. You, I, know. you mentioned the constitution. I mean, even if the constitution wasn't in place, like if I was living in a different country, me as a human, I have the right to defend myself and I can open my mouth. Right. So, But now they want to charge you if you do that. How dare you stand up to the system? How dare you speak up against it? How dare you protect yourself? The government, that's the government's job. And that's the whole thing is that the government needs to come in and protect you. I don't need the government to do anything for me because if you haven't noticed, Illinois is just falling apart at the seams, you know, and it starts here. It starts with our children. We need to teach them the right way. We need to teach them like Scott was talking about in the show the other day. We need to teach them these laws so they know, you know, that that man that had got pulled over. Remember, we're listening to that. And, you know, the police officer was trying to, you know, haggle him. And he's I know my rights. I know the law. And eventually at the end, the sheriff was just like, all right, forget it. Like, let him go because he knew his rights. And that's what's so important is that we need to know our rights that are granted under the United States Constitution. We need to know and we need to teach our children so that they know and they can pass it on to their children. And I always said the reason why I believe that they are not teaching children cursive anymore so that they cannot read the Constitution. The Constitution was written in cursive. And if you can't read it, you don't know what your rights are. It's like a different language for these kids. And so everything has been set up um, to just completely like dumb down our children, make them feel like they're worthless, make them feel like they're dumb that they don't know what they're doing, that they have no rights. Just trust us, the government. We know what's best for you. And so as parents, I think it's just so important that we we take back that control. And it's going to start by bringing our children back home. And I know there's a lot of people out there, they work full time. And it's really hard to homeschool if you're having to work and, you know, both if it's a one parent household and you're working or a two parent household. But let me tell you, there is a way. I don't know your way. I don't know how it will work, but there is always a way. You know, I didn't think I'd have the, <laughs> the uh, just I didn't think I could do it. I didn't th- I didn't have enough confidence in myself. Not that I couldn't teach my children, but I just how would I be able to make it all work? How would I be able to to teach them all the things that they need to be taught. And there are so many resources out there, so many resources. But when you see things like this, like this Michigan mom who's trying to fight back, she's got her kids in the system and she's fighting back against it. Look at the way that they're pushing back against her. They were trying to make her lose her job. You know, they did not want her 
fighting back against the system. And, you know, we talk all the time about, you know, just how deep this really runs. I mean, all the way from your local politicians, all the way to state senators, to, you know, to just the whole government, just everything is just set up against us, we the people. I think like what you're talking about, though, what what can you do? If you can't take them out of the school system, at least have like a 15, 20 minute conversation about what their day was. And you can argue points of what they're teaching them. I mean, I could sit here and argue them if they're teaching them at school that the sky is purple outside every day. I will argue the fact that it's blue and eventually it'll make it through and on to the next one. It's just correcting those wrongs if you cannot adjust it, right? But how do you know what's wrong when you're not able to sit there, you know, eight hours a day and see what your children are learning? That's a true statement. But you can at least attest to some things, core values. Okay, what do you do if your kid's in school and he comes home and he says, Mom, I want to be a girl today? How do you fight back against that? I don't fight back. I'm bigger than him. No, really, though, I mean, how, how do you at that point in time. how do you how do you correct that when they're constantly, you know, because peer pressure is terrible. I mean, you and I both know how peer pressure was in school. You know, you want the ugly truth. I mean, I mean, well, yeah. yeah. All right. So half the generation today takes and shoves an iPad in front of their kid's face and then wonders why they have no influence. If you bring up children in a, uh, a household that has good ethic and morals and you're somewhat at least involved in your child then you're going to get a better result than uh, them watching Teletubbies or something else, whatever they're watching, something that's filling their time because you don't want to be bothered with them. Okay. I mean, that's at least my perspective. It's not going to solve all problems. No, but it's a start, It's right? a start because it's a small adjustment as you, as a parent, being involved in your child's life. You can't be in an enraged uproar if you have nothing to do with them. Well, that's right. They expect society to raise them. The, the electronics. And I'll be honest, our kids have iPads. You know, they play games together. Um, but that's just it. You know, they'll play together. They'll, you know, it's something that they do for fun. We live in Illinois. We, what it was, 19 out of the past 23 days have all been like cloudy and cold, you know. Not that that's an excuse. They can still or go they, out when they play. go outside, like they either get cold or get bored because the other kids want to play outside. I mean, well, yeah, you go outside, it's like a ghost town. <laughs> it is. It really is. There's not a whole lot of kids around here that come out and play. And we've got stuff set up in the backyard for them. We've got a trampoline and a big swing for them and, like, one of those climbing domes, you know. Dirt um, bikes. Or dirt, yeah, dirt bikes, you know. And that's another reason I keep telling Matt, I want to go move out to, like, the country. Here we live in an association. You can't do this. You can't do that. We can't have an above-ground pool. That's a big no-no. And who can afford an in-ground pool in Illinois when you're going to use it three months out of the year? Um, so it's like everything is just set up against us, you know? And so we, we have to find ways that we can fight back, um, against that. And like you said, it starts with talking to your children every night, every night we sit down and we have dinner together and we pray before we eat, you know, instilling those values, just like I did when I was growing up, my parents, we sit down at the dinner table, we talk about our day. You know, I think that is very, very important because you do, you get that time together to sit down and to enjoy one another. And just, you know, sometimes the conversations are goofy and sometimes they're serious. And, but that is our time together. We all take that time to sit yeah, down. And building their communication skills at that point in time. Well, yeah. Communication is key in this world. Well, for sure. You know, and I think that, um, it really, it starts with when they're young. I wish that 
you know, five years ago, I would have found the church that we found and I would have started raising our kids up in the church. But it's not too late. It's never too late. And that's the one thing I think is really important for parents to understand is that, you know, it's never too late. You know, you can just sit there and, and just, you know, 10 minutes a day, just all electronics away, you and your child face to face, eye to eye, having a normal conversation, get to know your children. You know, these are these little people that you're eventually going to send out into the world someday. And you want them to be the best version of themselves that they can be. And I think there was an article I read that said, like, starting between the ages of like one and 10, that's like when kids absorb the most. And that's when they're building their foundation. And that's when they're molding who they're going to be as an adult. So basically all their values and, and everything that they are going to be as they become older, it's all going to be started during those those precious years. And that is why I think they're attacking our children so young, as young as three years old now in preschool, is because they know that. These kids absorb all the stuff. Their brains are like sponges. And if they're told as young as three years old, they're being taught about sex, they're, they're normalizing that. It's going to be like no big deal for them, you know, like going to a strip club when you're in sixth grade after your field trip is going to be no big deal. Like caveat off of that, though, like the, uh, you don't really have to send them to the strip club if you hand them the iPad and give them YouTube and they watch a Nicki Minaj video. Well, you're right. Yeah. And that's another thing. And they glorify <laughs> these these rappers and these you know, artists and whatever you want to call them. And it's all right there for them to see. It's literally in their hands. And, you know, we as parents, it is our job to make sure that we are protecting our children from this ugliness. You know, I've seen some stuff out there that even I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm embarrassed. Like my dad, if he would have known that I saw that, he'd probably think I was crazy. You know what I mean? Because it's just, it's so bad and you feel it. And that's the thing. I think so many people, they feel that it's wrong, but they're just like, eh, oh, well, you know, we'll get over it. And that is where, you know, your faith truly comes in. You have to um, be grounded in your faith. You know, faith is so many people want to talk about religion is like, oh, it's a bad thing. Quit pushing your beliefs on me. But yet here, make sure your kid is all about the LGBTQ and the CRT. You know, just you can have my values. You just can't have your own. But I mean, really, the faith, faith, there is if when you read this Bible, there is nothing in that Bible that is I mean, yes, bad things have happened, but it's it's like morals. It's teaching you how to be a good human being, how to be loving and caring. And then it teaches you about the consequences when you don't listen, you know, um, and, and faith. If you don't have faith, that's why there's so many people that have so much anxiety and depression and they turn to drugs and alcohol because they don't have that faith. They don't have that hope knowing that there are better things coming. And that is what I'm trying to teach our children is that you know, it's all, it all starts with God. When you base your life around God and you have him in your life and you talk to him, you start to realize that, yes, okay, things here might not be so great, but they're not always going to be this way. You're going to have hope. You're not going to have to turn to those things on your iPad or those drugs or, you know, whatever, because you've got God. And, you know, it's just, it's so sad to watch some of these kids grow up you know, just in these bad homes and, and then they turn into, you know, you're just, you're a repeat of generations that have passed and we have to break that cycle, you know, and I truly, with all of my heart, I believe that it starts with God. 
it's kind of like the Simpsons yesterday when they dropped the big dome on them. Everybody ran out of the bar into the church. And yeah. Everybody from church ran out <laughs> yes. the bar. Yeah, there was an episode of The Simpsons. And like I said, I don't hardly ever watch TV. We had TV on yesterday. And it was The Simpsons. And um, they had the bar and the church next to one another. And, and then they did. They put this big dome, blocked out the sun. Oh, where have I heard that before, right? Um, and so it was just chaos inside their, their dome in Springfield. And so the church was next to the bar and the bar was next to the church. And all hell broke loose. And you had all the parishioners from the church run into the bar and the people from the bar run to the church. You know, it was just funny. But I mean, really, it's like, how do we, you know, I kept seeing things happening in the school district. I kept hearing about the CRT. And let me tell you, I'll be the first one to admit to you. I don't believe in that, that stuff. I'm not going to sit here and blame my children or my generation or, you know, my, my parents' generation for stuff that happened when we weren't even around. Okay. I don't agree with racism. I will never promote racism. I love everybody equally. So let me just put that out there before we get onto this topic. A little bit too late. My what? Your boat showed up a little bit too late. My boat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, truly. My my great grandfather came from Sweden. What year was it? Nineteen something. Like early. He was here for was it the Second first, World War? In the beginning of the first one. Yeah. So we weren't even here to do any of that kind of stuff. So first off, don't blame me or my family personally for any of that stuff because we weren't even here. But even if my family was here, I had nothing to do with that. And with this CRT, they're they're teaching white children that they are to blame for all the world's problems or all of our country's problems, you know, and, and that's what our government does. They want to blame, you know, the minority for all the problems within the, or the majority of all the minority problems. And here I'm just trying to help. I want to help everybody. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what religion you are. I don't care about any of that. Let me help you. If you need help, I will help you. But the government says, no, that we are to blame. The white people are to blame for all the bad things that happen within the, the minority communities. And, you know, th that, I'm calling the kettle black. I mean, truly, you know, like you're, you're sitting here, you're teaching what racism is that you can't, you know, judge a whole race based on a few people, but yet you're going to turn around and blame a whole race of people for all the problems within the minority community. What? Like, where, where is the common sense in this? You know, do people not see, um, the hypocrisy in that, you know? And so, you know, I'm raising my children to love everybody equally. We are all children of God. You know, we are all God's children and we are to love one another. We are not to judge one another. That's Jesus's job. And he will come back to do that someday. And speaking of that, I, you know, sometimes when I talk to God, sometimes he answers me right away and sometimes he doesn't. And so today I was struggling, um, and I, I was just like, God, like, what do you need me to do? What, you know, I always feel like I'm not doing enough. And I just, you know, I had my, my cry session with, with God and I'm talking to him. And, and so sometimes when he doesn't answer me right away, I just open up my Bible and I'll say, Lord, just show me what you need me to do. Just tell me. And I just open up to a random page in the Bible and I'm not even kidding you. Every single time I do, he leads me to a message. And today was Ezekiel 33. Um, it's the watchman and his message, right? It says, again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, speak to the children of your people and say to them, when I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from their territory and make him their watchman. 
when he sees the sword coming upon the land, and if he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. And he heard the sound of the trumpet, but he did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But he who takes warning will save his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity. But his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So basically what God's saying is that it's our mission. We are the messengers and we have to relay God's word here. That is what our job is to do. And we have to help bring people to him, you know, and whatever happens to these people who choose not to take heed, who, who choose not to listen to the messages that we, the messengers are trying to put out there, that's on them. But God says right there that if we don't do his job and we don't do what he asked us to do and put the message out there, then the blood is on our hands. And so as parents, we need to be teaching our children these things or our blood is going to be, their blood is going to be on our hands and we can't have that. You know, we need to raise our children up right. We need to, you know, teach them the right messages. We need to teach them the truth. And I think that's truly what we are missing in this country is the truth. People don't want to know history. Like the first slave owner in the United States happened to be an African-American. You know, he was from Africa. He was a black man and he owned a slave. But we can't teach our children that because it goes against the agenda. It goes against the the topic of the day, the cool thing, you know. I think the trigger word is hard history. Well, that's it. You know, you can't handle the truth. And that's just it. And so our government, they manipulate things to to go against what they want to go. They continuously put out all this false information to turn us away from one another. And if somebody hears this message and they're completely in disagreement with me, come to me and talk to me about it because we can sit here and have this conversation. I can show you the things that I have researched. I have spent so much time researching. I don't just teach my stuff or my kids, whatever I feel like teaching them. No, like I'm teaching them the truth. Like we had the whole discussion with Christopher Columbus. Remember oh, that? Yeah. You know, we celebrate Christopher Columbus. He was an Italian working for the Spanish and, you know, it's not a pretty history. What did they what did they bring with to the natives? They brought all that disease, you know, and and heartache and you know it they wasn't used the whole uh, the whole red the blood moon. Yeah, yeah, the blood moon, right. So they already knew the truth, knowing that these indigenous people had no idea what that was, you know, and, and so it's always about trickery, and that's the way Satan works. He's always, you know, he's the 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 big deceiver. He will constantly deceive people. He started with Adam and Eve, you know, and he continues to do that to this day. And that's how they get their message across is by trickery and deception. And it's our job as parents to teach the truth. You know, not everything in the Bible is pretty. They talk about David and Goliath all the time. You know, David had to do some, some bad things when he was king. And, you know, that's why God wouldn't allow him to build the temple because he did those bad things. But the, God loved David so much because he was a man after his own heart. You know, and I think the same thing goes for us. We're not perfect. We were never meant to be perfect. But if we are after God's own heart and we repent and we try to do what's right, we try to live a better life. And, and you know, I think God is truly going to to reward us for that. And I'm not out for the rewards. That That's not what I'm doing. I'm out to make God proud. You know, I want him to say, look at this as my child. And, you know, she's, she's trying to do good things. And that's really what it comes down to when you, you pull your kids out of these indoctrination systems, right. And you're teaching them 
you're raising them up right. You raise them with the Bible. You know, my kids have some of the biggest hearts I've ever seen. And I'm not just saying that because I'm their mom. But my Caden, like he is just, he's so innocent. And he will give you the shirt off of his back. Same thing with all my kids. You know, they, my little Bryson, he's eight. And um, he's so proud that he was telling his friends about Jesus. And he says, that's what God wants, right, mom? I said, that's exactly what he wants us to do. He's eight and he understands that. You know, and I told him, I said, Bryson, even if your friends don't find Jesus right now, you put that seed into them and maybe they'll they'll question that and they'll ask their parents, um, you know, what what um, what can I do to find Jesus? How do I find Jesus? Who is Jesus? And they're going to start asking those questions. Um, what is my belief? My belief as far as like biblical beliefs or beliefs for for what do you mean? Talking to Sherry. Let's see. Hi, everybody who joined. Sorry, I haven't. I've just been rambling. That's what I do. <laughs> um, for I, I guess for my religious belief, uh, I was raised Catholic. And um, my belief right now is that Jesus Christ came and died for me and for my sins. And he is the savior. He is the one um, who saved me from all of my sins. I was born with sin and I will die, you know, knowing that Christ died for my sins. I am saved and I will get to go to heaven. Um, and that's what I'm teaching my kids. When I was Catholic, I was taught that, you know, I had to repent for my sins. I had to go to a priest. I had to ask for forgiveness. I had to say Hail Marys and Our Fathers. And, you know, um, we are saved by grace. It's not our own doing. And that's, I think, a really hard concept for a lot of Christians, even or just people in general, to, to understand that no matter what we do, as long as we truly believe that Christ came and died for our sins, we're going to get to go to heaven. There's many crowns you can wear in heaven. So depending on, on what you do here, um, that's going to determine, you know, your rewards in heaven. But, um, you know, it, it's just very important that our children understand that. And when you truly know Jesus and you walk with Jesus, you want to be like Jesus. You want to do like Jesus did. You know, there are times when I do want to flip tables. I hear things and I want to flip tables so bad. And I want to, you know, I, I get some of that righteous anger in me. And I just have to pray that God takes it out of my heart because I see all the bad happening in this world. And and I told my husband, I said, even alongside all of the, um, you know, the CRT and the, the sex education and stuff like that, you also have to worry about, um, you know, these school shootings, you know, and I can protect my kids. I can do the best that I can do. When they turn 18, maybe 20, however old it is before they leave my house, they're going to face a really harsh world. And I don't know what that world is going to look like, um, you know, 10, 15 years from now. I have no idea. I can't predict the future. But I know that I'm going to raise my kids in a good home. And I'm going to hope that they will go out there and be messengers too just like me. I hope that they'll they'll tell their friends about Jesus and they'll try to bring them to Jesus too, because I think that's our whole purpose here. So many people spend their whole lives trying to, to understand why we were sent here. Like, what is our purpose? And, and if you read the Bible and you understand it and you know Jesus, you know what your purpose is here. And so, 
you know, we may not be able to reach the whole world. And, you know, I know sometimes there's podcasters that listen to my show. There was somebody from what, Romania? Mm -hmm. And maybe that's who God sent me to reach today was somebody from Romania. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just know that this is what he told me to do. And I'm trying to be a good steward. I'm trying to do what he asked me to do. And so if I can teach my kids how to garden, spend time in the garden and talk to God, if I can teach my kids at home how to make bread, how to, you know, do for themselves, then I think I'm doing okay, you know? And again, everything has to be centered around God. Everything has to focus around God because if it wasn't for God and, and for him sending our son, could you imagine the kind of world we would be in? You know, I just, um, I don't know. I don't, it's scary to think truly. I mean, I know like you and I, when we were growing up, what the world looked like. Yeah. You know, and now we look at the world today. And so imagine 20 years ago what the world was like and what it's going to look like 20 years from now, just seeing how they're, they're pushing all this stuff on our children. Like, what do you, I mean, how do you see the world coming? Hopefully it's still got beef in it. <laughs> yeah, they're going to take <laughs> our beef away because the cow farts, you know, I mean, really like, like it just continues to get more and more stupid as the days go on, you know? Um, I think it's, it comes down to the point where you have to realize that you can't stop a world uh, from doing what it's going to do, right? Right. You just have to control the variables that are within your area. And it starts with your children. Or right, your children, and you hope that seed spreads, and you go from there. Right. So we're sending out these, you know, little people into this world, this big, scary world, and, you know, praying. Praying helps me so much sometimes. You know, I'll just read something and and I just right away I go to prayer. We were going to go to Florida back in what was that March? We were supposed to go to Florida, and I brought my Bible with me and I was going to read it on the plane. And that Bible, you know, when I travel, it comes with me everywhere I go. So um, we were going to Florida to visit Stephen Catherine, and my dad actually came in and he was going to watch the kids for us and my flight got delayed. And so they're like, oh, you go on the next flight. That one got delayed. And it was just like three times. And I was feeling like, okay, God, I got the message. You don't want me to go. I get it. And so I was upset because I was so looking forward to just spending time away with Matt and meeting Stephen Catherine. And God just didn't want me to go. So I opened my Bible right there in the Bible and in the middle of the airport. And it was all about the mask. They, they were still masking. And I like had it on my chin and I ripped that thing off. I was like, I'm not doing this. And I'm sitting there crying and I'm reading my Bible and I'm feeling better. Um, but, but I had my Bible, I had my faith, you know, and we got through it and ended up being, you know, okay. We ended up, um, uh, rescheduling our trip to go. And we did actually end up get to go meet Stephen Catherine later on. But, you know, it's like when God sends you these messages, you just, you have to listen. And you turn to him and you trust in him that everything's going to be all right. And, and it will be, you know, we live in this world full of darkness and there is light and we have to help be that light for others who haven't gotten to the point that we are. And I'm still, you know, some people say like a baby Christian, um, even though I grew up Catholic and, and I knew God, I didn't really know Jesus like I know Jesus now. And so I'm still learning, you know, and as I'm learning, I'm teaching my kids and, um, it's just, it's been a beautiful journey. You know, I tell Matt all the time, like, I'm not even stressed. I don't care what's going on in the world around me. You know, my kids are home safe. I'm teaching them. I don't have to worry about them learning about all the stuff that they're pushing on these children. We've got God. We found a really great church. I don't worry. 
you know, and, and I always said, so what, let them come for me, let them do what they're going to do. And if they kill me, so what? I mean, that, that means I get to go home. I get to go be with Jesus. And sometimes Matt will look at me and we well, can't think like that. Well, I do, you know, not that I want to go home. I know I have a job to do here, but I'm not afraid. And that's just it. It's teaching our children to have that faith and trust into God and to know that he's got our back and he's never going to deceive us. He'll never forsake us, you know, and, and just when you reach that level of faith, when your faith is unwavering, there's nothing, nothing that we can't do. And I just think that that's very important to teach our children that, you know, don't be afraid of these people. They, they have no idea, you know, how, how truly, uh, just important and how strong our faith can be and the things that we can accomplish. Um, so I've got, I'm not even kidding you. I've got at least 10 different Bibles. I was just given, um, an evidence study Bible. I've been like looking in that one. It's an NKJV. Um, but the one that I, I do my Bible study and I do that three times a week, that's just the King James. Um, and I love it. And it's got, you know, different places on the side where you can take notes and, like my Bible is just full of all these different colors from highlighting and taking notes. And, you know, it's my living Bible. It's the living word. And um, it, it's just, it's beautiful. I love to just go through it. And the most amazing thing about, I think, a Bible is that um, you can read, you know, like I just read Ezekiel earlier, you can read that today and go back a year later and it'll have a whole different meaning. You know, um, the Bible is just, it's an amazing book. It's full of history and it's full of just knowledge and, and just, it, it's beautiful. And, you know, that's why I'm trying to teach my kids. They do a one on Sundays, you know, get to know the Bible, try to teach them as young as you can. And that's really, I think we're going to start focusing a lot more on reading more of the Bible at home um, with homeschooling and uh, just grounding in our faith. I think that that's really um, the most important thing. So we're right here. We've got a couple minutes left, so I'm going to go ahead and just close us in a quick word of prayer. Um, I just want to thank you all for being here with me. And Conley show is about to start at seven. So um, when we're done, if you want to go follow Conley, I'm sure he would appreciate all the love. He's got a good show. He always keeps us laughing here. So um, if you would, please just bow your heads. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time to gather once again. Um, just talking about you and, and about our faith in you, Lord, and, and trusting in you. Lord, I ask that you just help those who are hurting right now, Lord, all those who are questioning just different aspects of their life, Lord. Let them turn to you so that they can feel your love and, and your glory in, in everything that they do, Lord, as we do here. Lord, I ask that you please just be with the children. You know, our children are just so special and so they're so young and they're, they're just innocent right now, Lord. And they're trying to steal the innocence away from these children. Lord, please just continue to be with them and let them see the truth and, and your love and your light, Lord. And help the parents, all those who are questioning, they see the things going on around them and they know it's not right, Lord. Please let them look into their hearts so that they too can turn back to you, Lord, and ask you for the direction. And whoever needs to hear this message, Lord, I, I ask that they please hear this message and and help them. And if I could be of any help to anybody, anybody who's listening, Lord, please send them my way so that I can help them and guide them and direct them, Lord, as you intended it to be. Um, and for all those who are sick and are hurting tonight, Lord, please help heal their hearts and their bodies, Lord. Um, 
and just continue to look after each and every one of us here, Lord, so that we can continue on our mission, whatever mission you might put us on, Lord. Just let us fulfill whatever you need us to do, Lord. Um, in your Son, Jesus Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Great. Well, once again, thank you all so much for being here, listening, all those who are here live, and all those who will hear this after um, this has been uploaded. Um, really, if you have any questions on homeschooling, I don't have all the answers, but, you know, I'm trying, and we've been doing this now for, what, three years? And, you know, every day's <laughs> every day's an adventure, you know, and some days are good. Some days, you know, we, we struggle, and we take a break, and you know, our kids are learning and they're thriving and they're happy and they're healthy. And I think that's truly the most important part is that our children are happy and, and loved. And really, that's what it all comes down to. And that's, I think, what God wanted for us to do is just is to raise our kids up right. So, um, again, if you have any any questions or um, any 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 you know, comments even on the things that I talk about, please come to me. Like, I would love to have you on my show. If you've homeschooled your kids or if you're thinking about homeschooling your kids or, you know, any of the topics that we talk about, like we need to, as a society, we need to do more talking. We need to come together and we need to figure this out together because there's, we, we can't just keep allowing this to go on and we all feel something is not right. And so, um, let's find the commonality. Let, let's find a common ground and let's fix this because we know it's broken. So anyways, thank you all once again for joining me tonight. Um, I hope you all have a blessed evening. I love you all so very much and um, just go in peace. Love you all. Since the formula bottle Decent Sitized Everything we knew about our problems And now we're all roaming the land Saying how did this big lie start It's time to put our faith in him Cause it's gone too far Oh I believe he died for me and for everyone Anything can be achieved When you count on God Who's gonna take the lead By putting the life on life Who's gonna show the children What is wrong and what is right Who's gonna take the lead By putting the life on life of Christ washes every sin by the minute the sheep are blind all because their mind is a prison and now they're all roaming the land saying how did this big lie start it's time they put their faith in him cause it's gone too far oh I believe he died for me and for everyone, anything can
Show 